Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. Uh, today I'm catching up with a Danish art curator and travel planner, Jeron Smeets. How you going? Good. Actually, to, well, to be uh, to be honest, like I'm I'm living in Denmark, but uh, I'm I'm Dutch originally. Okay. All right. Yeah. So uh, I moved uh, moved to Denmark a couple of years ago and uh, been liking it here really. Yeah. I'm uh, yeah. already off to a bad start. I got one thing wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um. But we got the mistakes out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what made you move to uh, to Denmark? Uh, a Danish girl. Oh, yeah. It's, it's how I think every non-Danish guy ends up in Denmark because of a Danish girl. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I met my uh, wife now uh, about 10 years ago. Then we did long distance for three years, Amsterdam, uh, Denmark. And then um, now, then yeah, after three years, I moved to Denmark, uh, lived in Copenhagen. And now two weeks ago, we got married. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. I've, uh, I've done the same. I've, I've uh, traveled a lot. Um, you know, it all started because of a girl as well, you know. Yeah. Well, it's a good point to start traveling. Exactly. And I went to, uh, when I went to Denmark, like when I went to Copenhagen, I went to stay with a friend who was there for a girl as well. He's from Australia. Right. So, yeah, there we go. Um, so, you run, a, you run the jaunt. And, like, for those that don't know what the jaunt is, can you tell us a bit about it? Yeah. So the, the jaunt is a, a travel project for which uh, we invite artists to uh, travel to a place they've never been to before and um, find new inspiration. Um, that's really the, the, the bottom line of our project. Um, there's no agenda or briefings for the artists. They, we, pick an, we pick a destination together and then um, they go and explore. They go and meet new people. They see new sites and... Um, they become inspired and eventually that inspiration leads to um, an artwork which we produce as a limited edition uh, screen print. Um, and then I think the one unique thing about our project is that we sell those prints before the trip takes place. So people who are buying a print know which artist is going where, but they have no idea what the artwork is going to look like yet. Cool. So it's it's all uh, so people are actually like putting their faith into the artist and the trip to yeah. the inspiration. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, it's a good way of doing it because I find that um, through travel, like you you can come back with something that's that's really different to what you've been doing. So it's um, I don't know it's always, it's always good. It's a uh, it's a good risk to take. We've we've been doing it for five years now, and it's interesting to see how different artists approach it in different ways and and. Some do come back with like a whole new set of like visual language that they found and inspiration that they've had and, and try and try something new out. And then I think this is a really nice platform to do that because people aren't necessarily only interested in, in the final artwork, but in the whole creative process behind it. So once the artist is on the trip, they keep a travel diary and uh, that gets published through our social media and our website. And uh, so you're really a part and a witness of that creative process and how the newfound inspiration translates to the work. Yeah. And like, uh, what inspired you to start it? Like, have you like produced art while traveling and just thought that was a great idea? Well, 
I was actually uh, working as a journalist for a long while and um, um, started interviewing a lot of different artists. And um, what I, I always noticed that the artists were either talking about coming back from a trip or wanting to go on a trip. Like, like it, it just seemed like all the inspiration that they wanted to find was in traveling. Um, so I just started thinking, like, how can I help? doing that like I was already organizing exhibitions and and doing other things on the side um, and I was like okay if if I can be a part of that and support that in any way for for artists like how what would that look like and then just to talking with a lot of friends and and uh, a lot of artists this idea of like all right I'll send the artist on a trip um, but who's gonna pay for it um, and then around the same time the whole crowdfunding became more known and more um uh yeah people started using it more and more within the art and culture in the beginning it was very tech orientated um so people were open towards the idea of uh, a crowd-funded art experience in a way mm-hmm. um and yeah that just all came together and um i was talking with a, a good friend of mine called uh Hadoff, and um he was the very first artist to go on the trip and i knew he always wanted to go to helsinki uh, in Finland, because like that country and the visual illustration of that country always inspired him. Um, so it's like, all right, let's let's try this. Let's I'll, I'll, we'll book a ticket, we'll book a hotel, and and we'll see if this works. Yep. And so, um, like, do you do you use the uh, like the crowdfunding to fund that first trip, and then it's sort of um, built from there? Yeah, we were incredibly fortunate that the first trip sold out like i had no clue if people were going to buy artworks that they'd never seen before um but we had a good network and and we had a lot of like uh, of our of his collectors and and uh, the people that i know through the exhibitions that i've organized and and my network and uh, we were able to sell all 50 prints and then um so because of we sold the prints in advance we had the budget to make the whole project happen and then we've just been going ever since yeah, and ha- how many people are involved? Is is it just you running it all and just dealing with artists, or have you got um, a team of people working with you? I wish I had a team of people working with me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in in the end, like there's, I work together with two printers. They take care of all the screen printing. I have one printer in uh, in Utrecht in the Netherlands called Joris Dix, and his uh, or he takes care of all the European artists. And then uh, I have another printer in Chicago called uh, Elizabeth Kovac, and uh, she uh, prints all of our American uh, stateside artists, just because logistics and production-wise, that's easier. But for the rest, it's it's just me. Yeah. And so because you've got the, the printing set up in uh, like a European printer and a, an American one, do you like just look for artists in those areas to make it easier? Because they need to sign the prints and things like that? No, it's not. It's never concern like where the artist is from per se like we'll make it work like there's we can ship stuff back and forth but like i because in the first like couple of like 10 15 trips maybe um there were a few american artists and i wanted to like if i print stuff in the netherlands for an american artist then we need to like send a package of all the prints back to the states to get them signed a number then that needs to come back to Europe again because we need to ship it like to all the buyers here. 
So just import taxes and yeah, just like stupid logistics that you never think about in advance. Like you'll find out soon enough, and then it's like, all right, how can I do this smarter? Yeah, let's find a printer. Yeah, you can um, you can send an artist to where the printers are. <laughs> Here you go, go on all yes. over there. <laughs> We've tried that as well, but it like some artists don't work on the spot. So like I can't keep an artist uh, on in the Netherlands until the artwork is done. Unfortunately, we don't have the budget for that. So, um, but we've, we've done that as well. We've also worked together with, uh, Mike Perry, an American artist, um, where we uh, in advance made a, a one color screen print. And then, um, he took all of the prints with him on his trip to Belgium and hand painted all the, the, the prints. Um, so that was one, another way to sort of logistically, um, do something differently and make it work. Cool. So, like, when was the first trip and, uh, like, how did that go? The first trip was in, if I believe, I believe it was April 2013. Um, and, uh, yeah, that went to Helsinki. And um, it went good. Like, it was a first time for this project. But for the artist, Hadoff, it was also the first time for him traveling solo. Um, he had never, like all the trips that he used to do was always just with friends or with family or his girlfriend. And this was the first time that it really was like, okay, I'm in this new city where I've never been before for five days without any plans. And I don't know anybody. Like, how, how, how does this work? Um, so for him, it was also an, an, an adventure in that way. And um, it went great. Like we, like uh, as I mentioned before, we sold out, and um, everybody was super excited about the the project and and the outcome of, of that particular print. Um, so, like two or three months after, we we did our second print and or a second trip, and yeah, just kept going. Really, have you had any artists like um, you know feel that the like inspiration hasn't come to them because of the pressure that's put on them to sort of get inspiration <laughs> on the travel? No, luckily not. Um, I, I've, I've, I've talked with artists about it. Like, do you feel pressure? Like, because the prints are already sold. But I don't think that's really an issue for most of the artists. Like, I think most of the artists that I work with, they're, they're quite. They're not. I wouldn't call it established, but they, they're, they're, um, they're. They know their work and they know what they're doing and they know what they can do. Um, so it, it's natural for them to produce. Um, and yeah, like the whole romantic writer's block or creative like pause or whatever it is. Um, luckily, I haven't experienced that yet uh, with any of the artists that we worked with. Also, luckily, we've I've worked with fifty artists now and um, we've never none of the artists have missed a flight, which I think is amazing. <laughs> it's, it's a miracle on its own. Yeah. Yeah. The reason I say that is because I, like I've been on like multiple like, trips, you know, with art in mind. Like it's funny because some of them I've just, I've just traveled for the sake of traveling and so much inspiration's come my way. Then other yeah. times I've traveled and gone, all right, I'm going to travel and I'm going to um, travel for inspiration and to grow myself as an artist. And sometimes I get to the destination and I I get lots of inspiration and it goes fine. Like I come back and it's like, wow, I've got a whole new, um, you know, like arm to my creativity here. But then for instance, I've, I've just 
return home from a two-month trip in Asia. And I, I did the same thing. I went went over and said, all right, I'm going to get all this like new inspiration and all this type of stuff. And I didn't feel that I really got that while I was there. And I was drawing every day and I was painting and I was doing all this work. But I felt that I didn't grow as an artist that much. But then mm-hmm. now I've been back for about a week and a half and all the inspiration started really coming through now. It's just it's just weird because at first yeah. like, I thought – you know, I'm going to go there and, uh, you know, all excited before I left thinking, oh, what, you know, what's my art going to look like when I return? And, uh, yeah. no, nothing really happened, but now it's all starting to happen. It's, it's, uh, yeah. And I, I can see that also like maybe cause inspiration happens most when you stumble upon it. Like when you set yourself a goal, like, all right, I need to go here and become inspired. Then that could be too much of a challenge. Um, and maybe even more so on like on a two month trip because there's a whole different dynamic to being away for two months where it's not just the initial excitement, but then it's also just a little bit like, oh, I wish I was just at home now in my studio and where everything is. And you go through like phases of yeah, excitement, uh, homesick, uh, like just the mundane, getting into the daily routine of, of being away. Um, so what we've done for our trips, like our trips are almost always like five or six days, um, which I think is long enough to really kind of get to know a place and short enough to make you want to go back for more. And I think that is a perfect sweet spot for, um, for yeah, for having that inspiration window, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's good. Yeah. I think like going back to what we were saying before, I think it's good to, um, to travel with uh, the the thought of just painting, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to travel and I'm going to paint and just see what happens. Yeah. And like yeah, I yeah. found that that's been a really good uh, a good way of um, you know exploring new ideas and having new things come come to me. But yeah. then, um, but if you travel going, oh, I'm going to get inspiration. It's really um, it's, it puts, yeah, it puts pressure on it, doesn't gonna, it? Yeah. Or if you're going to travel and be like, all right, like three three weeks after I come back, I have a full on new solo exhibition that i need to produce all my work for that's that just might just be too much pressure or something yeah yeah i've traveled like that before as well it's horrible it's um <laughs> i haven't enjoyed the trip because i've just been thinking about the big projects at home just going off oh, yeah like it's yeah i feel it's uh it's pretty good to um to clear clear the calendar and then take off you know yeah 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 exactly i've had one artist as well his, uh, his name is uh, neil schumilman and um I remember him telling after the trip that he done to uh, he had a he was our tenth artist and went to Istanbul, and I remember him describing it because he travels a lot also for art to paint murals and and stuff like that, and I remember him talking about like the the John and the way the inspiration worked for him on his trip was it was kind of like a scavenger hunt. He was looking like actively looking for things in the city to distill and take back into his artwork and for him it felt like yeah like a little scavenger hunt through a new city yeah that's a good way of doing it yeah there's lots of different ways you can go about it isn't it like um you know i like the scavenger hunt approach and um you know for me i like to draw every day so i'm always like i'm thinking oh what can i draw that's new and around me and um yeah. and i think when you go to uh places that are, are really different to where you live i guess your eyes open up more you know, to, to the surroundings. Yeah. You know, do you, yeah. do you try to um, like make sure you're sending artists to places that are really different to where they live? 
yeah, I try to send people like off the beaten path. Like we've never sent an artist to Berlin or or London or or Paris because I think it's just it's just too well known in a, in a way. There's maybe. I'm sure there is enough to discover, but there's not enough enough to discover if if you if you catch a drift there. Um, so we we try and find new places, and the the trips that I like the most are are trips that where I find and suggest a destination to an artist, and it is com something completely different than what they had in mind. And then eventually, when they come back there, it's like, wow, that was like I never thought about going to. We had one artist who went to Latvia, and he took a he took a he took a road trip through the country. He rented a camper and then just went around the country for five, six days. And he's like, I, just, I never thought that Latvia would be so amazing. And to this day, it's still one of his the best trips for him of, of that he's made in his life. Um, so obviously those trips are really special, and um, but then we try and send artists to places they've always wanted to go to, and they've never had the chance to go to. We worked with an artist called Tom Halumat, a French illustrator, um, and he really wanted to go to uh, Yakushima, uh, an island um, in the south of Japan, which has this like an almost enchanted ancient tree forest, which looks amazing and. It's been a very big inspiration from uh, one uh, Japanese film director, um, and he always wanted to go there. And sending him on that trip there was just like a, a dream come true for him, and um, obviously a, a great source of inspiration as well. Yeah, yeah, I was there a few weeks ago. It's amazing. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah I was there on that that last trip. Like I, uh, I went went all around Japan, and then um, sorry, what's that? Yeah, such an amazing place. Yeah, yeah. Because it's the two islands, like Naoshima and Teshima, which are really close to each other, and they just yeah, they're amazing. It's it's full of. Uh, art. Have you been there? Sorry, no, I haven't been no. there myself. No. Well, they're full, How did you full like of art. Yeah, they're full of art galleries, and it's all like installation art. So it's um, you have to go there to experience the art. Like it's can't they just pick it up and move it to like a big gallery in like New York or London or whatever, and um. You just get around on, on bikes. And there were, there were islands that were sort of, um, you know, they've sort of been abandoned because, uh, you know, like industrialization and all that like was there and then it's moved. So what what's happened is the locals have come in and, and artists have moved in there and turned all these abandoned buildings into galleries and then they've, um, you know, all, even little houses they've turned into like art installations and you just cruise around on, um, on bikes and go visit yeah, them. Amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Really inspirational. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, uh, how long were you there for? Uh, I was in Japan for a month, and then um, and then uh, in uh, Taiwan for a couple of weeks, and then um, Bali. I mean, uh, Thailand for three weeks. All right. So yeah, it sounds like a good trip. Yeah, it was a good trip. It was it was a good mixture, you know, because I had lots of city, and then I had lots of countryside as well, and then beach time as as well. It was, yeah. It was, mixed it up well but it was pretty um pretty hectic <laughs> lots, of, lots of busy cities but like for instance when i was in japan there was a heat wave the whole time so the whole time we were there it was like 40 degrees every day and um yeah. like hard to really um 
you know, hard to relax and you know, you wake up and going, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And you have all your plans. But as soon as you step outside, it's like, man, it's so hot. <laughs> it's warm blanket that falls over you. Exactly, exactly. But, um, but yeah, it, it, st- it was still a really good time, you know. And, um, yeah, I really liked the, um, the beach time at the end. Cause it was weird because I was in so much like, um, mode for like, just to go, go, go with everything. And I had an um, exhibition in Tokyo as well. So there was a lot of prep for that before I left. Right. It wasn't until the last two weeks when I was like sitting on the beach that I actually really like stopped and relaxed and actually did nothing. Cause I thought yeah. I was going to paint a lot, but I was staying in a place that had no roads. And so you couldn't even hire a scooter <laughs> and go anywhere. I sat in a hammock oh. and, and did lots of drawing and, and really relaxed. Perfect. Yeah, but now I feel yeah. good for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what about you? Have you uh you done a lot of traveling? Is this um is like the the joint did that um come from your travel experiences as well? Um no, I don't like me I like I've traveled a fair bit, but like me traveling hasn't been the inspiration for this project in a way. I think of the first ten trips that we've done there were a lot of places where I had been before, um, which I thought would be inspiring for artists to go to, and therefore I talked with them. For example, the Latvia trip that I mentioned earlier, that was because I'd been there before, and I thought it would look amazing on, on a trip. We found this old, abandoned like Soviet uh, satellite dish in, in the middle of the forest. That's just, it's just sitting there. It's like one of the biggest um, satellite dishes in the world. And it's just sitting there doing nothing. You can climb in it and stuff, and it's crazy. So I was like, to this artist, like, you should go there. Um, but now, like, I don't join on the trips, so um, it's just the artist going, um, and 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 I stay home. So obviously, I I haven't been to all the places myself. Um, there's a lot of just looking online and talking with other people and friends. Like, hey, what are what do you think? Are the most amazing places in the world to go to, and why? Um, so yeah, it's 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 not because of me going to places and being inspired by that, but it's definitely uh, I I, don't, I would almost say that every place that we've been to, I would love to go to. <laughs> I think that's fair to say. Yeah, and with uh, with the funding, like because you, you have you sell the prints and you have a set amount of money from the the sale of the prints. Like, um, what if someone wants to go somewhere that's more expensive than, you know, than what you can, uh, than what you can afford with the money that comes from the prints? Uh, well, I mean, if we can't afford it, we, we don't go. I mean, that's the, <laughs> that's the bottom line. Yeah. But I do believe that if you're flexible and if you have a good time and, um, you can find relatively affordable tickets to almost everywhere um there's like there's there there are of course locations where there's not a whole lot of flights going so you don't there's it's only expensive like tickets to get there um but generally i i feel we've been like i've been able to find a lot of affordable tickets like i booked a lot of tickets by now so i guess i've gotten a little bit savvy at it but um yeah, it's it's like there's there's only been like one or two occasions that I remember now where an artist wanted to go to a certain location and I looked into it. It's like I'm sorry, it's just it's just too expensive to get there for us, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, Fortunately, though, I found that um, a lot of the uh, the cheapest countries to go to are the most inspiring 
creatively because yeah. they're, they're the most like um you know you get the biggest culture shock from them as well yeah yeah because uh but the world's changing you know those countries that used to be cheap as well i've um i found that are they're changing a lot and they're becoming more just like metropolitan cities like for instance i've been going to bangkok for a, i don't know 18 years or something and uh, that's changed a lot over the years. Like I remember the first time I went there, it was a real culture shock. You know, I, go, I was there a few weeks ago, and it was just another metropolitan city. You know, it's still a yeah, still an awesome city. Sort of a, yeah, it's sort of a shame how the whole like it just all everything seems to become more of the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that's mostly the case with cities because. Just big companies like H and M's everywhere, and and that kind of stuff, and like definitely here in Europe. If if you go to any of the major like cities, they'll all have the the same big shopping street with the same big stores. And then it's just I guess it's just a matter of like getting off that path and and finding the small independent boutiques and and stores. Um, but yeah, it, we've just had an artist who. Um, been to Costa Rica and um, it's actually it was a project I did together with uh, we transfer the, um, the, the yeah the we transfer the file sending service thing and um, we had an uh, sort of like a competition where we asked uh, creative students to uh, submit a proposal of a, a trip that where they wanted to go to and what they wanted to do and then we picked six winners and uh, we organized trips for them. Um, and one of the students went to um, a small place. It's a treehouse community in the jungle of uh, Costa Rica. It's called Finca Bella Vista. And um, she just sent me over her travel diary. And it was a lot about how com- the com- commercialization of tourism and how that's influenced the country. And how, for example, in Costa Rica, there's... Like public beaches that are guarded off by hotel resorts because they don't want the the, the Costa Rican people to um, influence the the picture perfect beaches, um, which is a shame and it's a real problem right there as well. So I've, I, it's definitely something to keep in mind and and to be respectful of when traveling. Hmm. Yeah, I um I had a similar experience going to Costa Rica actually, like. My wife and I right. have been traveling through South America and we, uh, when we got to Costa Rica, we, you know, we were really enjoying like practicing our Spanish with everyone and, and we got there and no one would speak Spanish to us. It was, yeah. um, it was a real shock. It was like, they said, no, no, we're not allowed to speak Spanish. We want to, we have to speak English to you. And it's like, come on, this, this isn't like, like little B and B's as well. Like it's not, uh, you know, not, not, not a big hotel or anything, but, um, yeah. we found that it was just so Americanized. It was really yeah. like they tried to make themselves a uh, another state of America almost, and we yeah. you know, we only lasted a few days there and said, oh, let's get back into you know proper South yeah. America like Latin American travel, you know." Yeah, yeah. I've never been to Costa Rica, but I was quite shocked by reading this travel diary and her concerns with that as well, because she mentioned also like everybody spoke English and like there was no way to talk Spanish almost everywhere anywhere. Yeah. Like I'm not, I don't want to bag out Costa Rica because it's a beautiful place, but that was just my experience I had there. And uh, yeah, yeah. I was, you know, once I got up like into Nicaragua, and that was a bit more um, felt a bit more at home. 
Yeah, that's yeah. good. Or, you know, away from home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So with the curation of the joint, like you've got a, a list of pretty high caliber artists um, you work with. Like, did you, uh, do you choose them all yourself or do you have people come to you saying that they want to travel? Um, it's, it's the whole project is by invitation only. So in, in the end, I, I'm the curator and I pick who I invite to, to uh, be a part of the project. Um, there's, there's of course people that email us and, and want to be involved. And, um, sometimes I also like from the artists that we have sent out on trips, they will suggest friends and, and artist friends, um, because they think they they'd be a good fit for the project. Um, so I'm always open and, um, receptive, receptive of, of new suggestions. Uh, but in the end it's, I, I sometimes say that in the end it's, it's just me working on my personal gallery and, and of all the artists that we work with, like I wanted to have a print of theirs up on my wall. That's I, I if there's a red thread, then that's probably it. Yeah. Well, um, you got good taste anyway. Like I was, I've been looking through it all, and it's like you can you can really see that you've cur- uh, curated it to your own taste. It's not um, you, know, you haven't been influenced by someone due to their popularity or social media followings or anything like that. It's just you know the art that you like. Yeah, no, that's it, true, and and I try to keep a good balance of like like high caliber or bigger like name artists together with young and upcoming talents. Um, and I think like there, there is a red thread throughout the whole project where I think every artist sort of shares like what I always call like the creative energy. They all have sort of the, like this do it yourself mentality, either from like not having a, an, uh, an official, uh, creative, uh, degree or, or just being out on the street painting or just, yeah, just working out new techniques all by themselves in whatever field. Um, so I think there's a lot of, like, I think all the artists that we've worked with share that energy. And then obviously we have a lot of different styles and techniques that we work with. Like we are, we are somewhat limited because in the end we make a screen print. So there's only so many things you can screen print. Like, like oil painting is not going to look particularly pretty through a screen print unless you make like a, 35 layer screen prints, but and then you get into a whole nother budget thing. So <laughs> we, we have those limitations and that's definitely something in the back of my mind when I curate artists, like, all right, we need to produce a screen print within like three to four different colors that matches the work of the artist and, and translate to that medium. Yeah. But other than that, it's just the artist that I personally admire and enjoy. Yeah. Like with um, you've just released a uh, a sculpture set with Head Off. Like um, yeah. like are you looking beyond uh, like screen prints and looking at different ways you can do additions as well? Yeah, we started doing that about like two or three years ago, um, and and we're calling it the John Forma series, where we make something else than a screen print. Um, and a lot of that has been wood sculptures. Um, we've also had an artist. Uh, Ramos, who uh, went to India and um, made a, a set of 35 unique uh, watercolor paintings on paper. Um, so the John Forma series is for us a way to yeah, just break out of that screen print mold and, and try out new things, really. 
Um, and then the latest has been the, the hate of sculptures. He went on his second uh, trip. Um, and um, yeah, those are amazing. Like it's been a, a, a big learning process for both of us doing these kind of like um, sculptures. Um, it was also the first time for him doing this whole process. And um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in love with them. I, I love them. Yeah. Yeah. It's always um, good to think up new ways to do additions. I think, like, cause, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of people doing prints. It's um, it's good to you sure. know, give someone something for their like mantelpiece or something like that. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And it's also a way, like, not like doing fifty prints in within five years. It, I mean, it's never going to get boring. But it is for me the John Former series is a way to like spark a new creative energy and and having to think outside of the box for myself and and for the artist um so it's yeah it's just a new little spark uh, within the project i feel yeah right so um so who are some of the artists that you've worked with we um yeah i never really know where to start on that list like We've worked with like artists like uh, Cleon Peterson, uh, like from like stateside. We worked with Cleon Peterson, uh, Mike Perry, uh, Cody Hudson, Evan Hecox, um, Scott Albrecht. Uh, he was also one of the John Forma series. Um, and then over in Europe, we worked with artists like uh, Niels uh, Schuh Millman, graffiti artist, um, Tom Haugemot. Um, Secret Calon, a Dutch uh, like risograph graphic designer artist. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's been over fifty. The the list is well, it's not too long yet, but almost. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Like, yeah, I've, I've loved flicking through it, doing my research. You know, but um, like the the current artist you've got traveling is uh is Stephen Smith, and he's actually a, a friend of mine. Like he's a oh, really? um, yeah yeah he's a he's a great artist I've known him through a yeah. good friend uh, Matt Sewell, but um right. yeah I haven't spoken to him for a long time but when I, I saw it I was like oh great I got to get in touch with him um he really uh he really looked after me before I moved to Barcelona I happened to be uh <laughs> to be sitting next to him at a wedding and um I was about to uh, move to Barcelona and he gave me a bunch of contacts and it I know they set me up with he set me up with like who are now like friends for life you know. And they really, really looked after me. So, um, yeah, yeah, he's in uh, in Lithuania right now, um, and he's been in a place called Nida, which is like a small beach town, um, which is sort of like the, the beach town getaway of the Lithuanians, and um, it's on the the Coronian Spit uh, or Split, um, and um, it is a place like it's sort of the like. It's very close to the Russian border, um, and they, they, Lithuania and Russia share the border on the Coronian Spit there. And um, yeah, it's, it's a, apparently amazing. Like I've heard through friends of mine in Lithuania about it, and then talked with Stephen about it, and, and we sent him on a trip. And then we're doing an exhibition with him tomorrow in uh, in Lithuania as well. So I'm actually I'm flying out to Lithuania in a couple of hours to to meet Stephen there and uh, set up the whole exhibition. Oh, cool. Say hi to him for me. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it um, seems to be like Eastern Europe's a popular destination for you to send the artists to? Um, no, n not particularly. Like we've, I've do, we've been to 
like in the Baltics, we've, we've been to Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia. We, we checked those off, uh, so to say. Um, but it's not a particular focus or, or anything. Um, no. Yeah. No. yeah. I'd no. like to get over there. I've been to Croatia, but I haven't been um, further east than that um, in Europe. But uh, I really, I just feel like it's it's sort of a bit of a step back in time. You know, you go over there. Yeah, and yeah. yeah totally. Yeah. yeah. It's like going back to the what? 90s or something. <laughs> yeah. I did a road trip with my uh, with my uh, wife then, and uh, we did all three countries in the Baltics in, in in one road trip, and it was amazing because these like some of these countries they have like they were occupied by Russia like 25, 30 years ago, um, and and that's obviously not very long ago, and you can still see the impact and like the old relics of the Soviets uh, and Russia still there, and yeah, it's always a bit mind-boggling to see that like oh wow this country was like occupied like 20 years ago it, it's really weird and yeah weird really weird thought yeah all right it's that time of the podcast it's uh time for the rapid fire questions so can you name uh name one artist who you think deserves more shine i think uh who i uh colin von der Schlaus. Oh yeah, where's he from? He is from uh, Maastricht in the Netherlands. Um, we've done two trips with him. He actually went to Croatia, um, a small island uh, on the off the coast of Croatia, um, and uh, he's an amazing painter. Yeah, which island, Viz? Uh, Lostavo. Okay. Lostavo. I'm quizzing yeah. you now, aren't I? Yeah. Yeah, that was a triple <laughs> banger. Um, <laughs> Uh, what's one medium you'd love to work with? I would actually love to get into podcasts as well. I think it could uh, supplement the jaunt a lot, doing podcasts with like just conversations with artists once they're back from the trip and having those out. Um, I think that could be a great addition to to the jaunt. Yeah, it's, it's it's easy to do, man. Just- yeah, and and I've been kind of like inspired by you in a way. Because I've always thought, like, just logistically, it's just, like, I can't fly an artist over here to get into a studio and, and do a podcast. But, I mean, Skype, it's the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so what's, uh, what's one skill you wish you had? Uh, woodworking. I would love to, like, be a wood craftsman. Yeah. Get some, uh, get some tools and some wood. Start chipping away. Yeah, that would be a great start. I think it's more the romantic idea, maybe, than the actual practical idea. But like, I dabble a little. I like the desk that I'm working on right now. I made that myself, but like, I'm not that great at measuring and stuff. So <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know. How it's going to end up. <laughs> yeah, I've been, uh, you know, getting into the woodwork a bit. But gee, it's like it's one of those things you got to get it right. <laughs> it's really yeah, tough, exactly. you know. Yeah. yeah, there's no there's no space for wiggle room or like some creative interpretations of, of how this should be done. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. Oh. Who's your favorite artist? I would have to go for Barry McGee and at Templeton. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're up there in my list as well. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, two artists I would love to send on the John trip as well. Yeah, have you? Yeah. Do you come from like a skateboarding and graffiti background at all? 
Yeah, I do. Like the, um, when I was working as a journalist, I worked as the editor in chief of this uh, skateboard, snowboard, surfboard magazine from the Netherlands. Right. Um, I've been skateboarding all of my life as well myself, and uh, yeah. yeah, so yeah, back, definitely skateboard background. Yeah, I saw your board behind you as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, I know. I was, I was it's funny. I was actually before I had this uh, chat with you, I was thinking about those two artists and thinking about why they're they're both so popular in you know people who have come from a skateboarding and and mm-hmm. like graffiti background, and it's like also with Mark Gonzalez and other artists yeah. like that. And you know, you put I guess you put them in front of people who don't have such a connection with them and they are they might not get it so much but i guess if you've grown up and you they're they're more of like um the persona that they have as well and their history and and who they are you know you can't just look at their art with mark gonzalez like especially him and his personality yeah yeah exactly you know it's um, seen this youtube video of him where he's trying to do a kickflip with a bike no i haven't no it's it's like it's this amazing video where he's just in the middle, like downtown New York, and he's, I don't know, he's with another, maybe it's Jason Dill, or I don't know who he's with, but he's like just, it's like this six, seven minute video of him trying to do a kickflip with a bike while riding it. And I mean, just to me, that's typical Mark Gonzalez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, he's an inspirational guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so what advice would you, uh, you give your younger self? Um, I don't know. I think, I think stuff worked out fine. Like I'm alive. <laughs> just, uh, just stay alive. Stay alive. Stay alive. Go with the flow. Yeah. yeah go with the flow. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy um, life. Yeah. Why not? That's what it's there yeah. for. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so do you have a, a dream project you'd love to work with? Um, like right now, that's the jaunt. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, up on yeah, right now that's the jaunt, and I have things that are on my mind that I would love to do more with the jaunt. Um, but all in, all in the right time. Yeah. Well, uh, so yeah. I still see room within this project to um, expand and. Um, and put in more of like dream projects within this project. So I, I'm yeah, the jaunt. Cool, living the dream, living it. Yeah, that's what you want. So um, you know, where are you looking to take your career? I guess you're already that 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 question is pretty. Uh, it doesn't really make yeah, sense. Yeah, it's actually over the lat like I've I still run um, an art a- or like a yeah an art agency. Um, it's called Your Own, and where I work with commercial clients as well, and and um, um, yeah, just the, the the agent in between the artist or creative and, and the client. Um, but over the last like year and a half, two years or so, I've uh, been focusing more on art and exhibitions and and actual selling art, and I've been working less and less with commercial clients and uh, that's been feeling really good. Um, so I want to continue that path as, as much as I can. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so um, <laughs> so uh, where's the best place for uh, people to find you online? Uh, thejaunt.net, I'd say. Yeah. Or on Instagram, just thejaunt. 
Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for taking the time to sit down and have a chat. No, thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been a good way to uh, sit back and talk about travel stuff without, um, I don't know, like it's good to have someone who, uh, you know, specializes and thinks a lot about travel on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah, my, my business card says uh, curator and travel planner. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I've gotten better at it, good at it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to uh, get some tips off you. What, have you got like one tip or trick for someone who's like looking for cheap flights? Yeah, be flexible. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you don't have a specific moment where you need to leave, then, uh, yeah, just be flexible. Yeah. And start like clicking around the different dates and see what comes up. Yeah, exactly. And then there's all these like weird tricks like you should book like two months in advance or you should book on a Tuesday. And I don't really feel that that helps a lot. It's just... Just keep keep looking. Like I've one one time I booked tickets to China that were through KLM were two hundred euros more expensive as the exact same flights that I booked through the China or China Air uh, website. So yeah, just look everywhere. I always use like these like uh, travel flight tickets uh, comparison websites, but I never book through those. I always book through the airlines directly. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I've done uh, in the past as well. Yeah, and then if you're flexible, you're, you should be able to find something. Yeah, cool. All right, well, uh, well, thanks for your time. It was uh, it's great to catch up Thank and have you. a chat. No worries. Yeah, yeah. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Bench Talk. To view images of the guest artwork, follow us on Instagram at bench underscore talk or go to benchtalkpodcast.com. If you want to stay up to date with the latest episodes, subscribe via iTunes or follow Bench Talk on SoundCloud or Stitcher. If you like the podcast, don't forget to tell a friend. And thanks again for tuning in and stay tuned for next week's episode. See ya.